welcome to everybody out there. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Idaho Catholic Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the western and spacious and beautiful Idaho, the home of Idaho Catholic Podcast. And we have a great topic to share with you tonight. It's on Advent, and I'd like to welcome to the table here, we have Ryan, John, Mike, and Nick. So I'm going to tap you in now to a conversation that we had, and I hope that you find it enjoyable. Let's jump right in. Can we explain that a little bit more? Because yeah. that was absolutely foreign to me. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think Nick wants to take this one on. I sure do. <laughs> how's so, how's that the, mic working? <laughs> the mic's working great. I hope you guys can all hear me. But uh, so yeah, in the Catholic world, we are in a new year because our liturgical year starts with Advent, which just happened this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, in the Catholic, or this year, I guess, this Advent, it starts our new year. We're in the liturgical year, uh, year C, and um, it's an, our cycle starts all over again. We're in the season of Advent right now. And what's the season that comes after Advent, you guys? Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So recently, uh, Ryan had a great, really informative class on Advent that he shared with our adult uh, catechesis program. And how about, Ryan, could you share some highlights of your class? And, and maybe we could talk a little bit about that and how it relates to really um, our modern world. And is there similarities? Is there contrasts? Um, let's just jump right in. So as you're powering up the, uh, is, it, is it an iPad or tablet? Just a tablet, yeah. Okay. First, we need to light the Advent wreath. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, <laughs> All right, we're lighting the first candle. So, so tell, tell us guess, a little bit about an Advent yeah. wreath. Yeah, I'll explain the Advent wreath a little bit. Um, most of our listeners, I would, I would guess, are familiar with an Advent wreath, but... Um, I recently learned that Advent wreaths were a German Lutheran tradition started in the 16th century, and um, Catholics and a lot of other Christian denominations ad- have adopted it for their own. And um, in Germany, um, originally and still today, they they use three or uh, sorry, four red candles, um, as opposed to the uh, American custom of using uh, three violet and one rose candle to correspond to the liturgical vestments of each Sunday of Advent. So, yeah, I I actually found a picture of Pope Benedict lighting the Advent wreath in the Vatican while he was Pope, and um, they were four red candles. I suppose it makes sense that it came out of the Lutheran tradition, which is in Germany, which I believe that's where the Christmas tree came out of, too. I think so, yeah. Yeah. You know, we have this great present for the new year for our Catholic faith in, in our parish this year. Did you guys notice the stained glass windows in our oh, parish? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've been waiting beautiful. for those for about a year. You know, there's a story that goes along with those. I guess the designer, uh, I could get this wrong, but I, I think the designer lives in North Dakota, and yeah. that's where the company is. But the glass was actually made in England, mm-hmm. I believe. Wow. So, um, so he designed it um, with the help of, I think, our pastor and some other people. And then, it, and then the designs went over to England. It was manufactured in England, and then we waited for that to be shipped over. And then they actually installed it pretty quickly, within, I think, a day or so. Yeah. Was that Father Flores that designed it? I, he was the one behind it. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know 
who I, I think he had, you know, professional, you know, people um, as part of that process. But it's truly magnificent. It really, really um, is. I have a special part of that stained glass window that I just really like. Do you guys, have you know, is there a piece of that that you guys really enjoy the most? Or does anything stand out to you? I'm just wondering if it's similar to what, what I'm thinking right now. Anything or not really? One thing that stood out to me, um, it's more of a question, is that I noticed on each each of the triptychs, um, on several of the panels, there are like little tiny archway like little tiny houses with doorways lining the top of the panel and i was i don't know what those are for oh, but i didn't notice that no. it, was, it made me curious like what are those for and there's probably like a certain number that signifies something i'm sure it's probably not just randomly there but oh hmm. well for me hmm. it was um did you notice like right behind the tabernacle mm-hmm. it has the rays that come oh, off yeah. and and just the way that that the i guess the the color scheme or or the schematic or whatever you call of that and the golden tabernacle it just looks majestic yeah. and, and it just and looks, it's all backlit too right all the time so it just mm-hmm. like what you were saying is just amazing how it how it pops and then on either side i noticed uh, for me were um, the columns on either side of the tabernacle if if you get up closer uh towards the altar and and you just kind of focus in that area and kind of move back and forth. The the columns actually look like they're 3D, so it's a really neat visual of you can see the the tabernacle kind of move with the background, but then also those those columns kind of pop out too. I was yeah. I was watching the parishioners come in, you know, because we've been anticipating this for quite a while, but you know everything was delayed for so long, and haven't we been waiting about a year and a half for this oh, altogether with some of the renovations of the church, and yeah. and um, so you know I, some of the fervor of the excitement kind of has faded away, and then when I watched the parishioners come in. And I just saw their faces just light up in in just in like pure joy of, of what they're they're seeing, the beauty of what they were seeing. And I just started thinking a little bit about, you know, Advent time and how Advent can seem like a long time, especially if you embrace it from really the Catholic perspective. Mm-hmm. It's a time of waiting, but it's a time of anticipation. And and I just was really trying to relate that to advent and then when when jesus comes at christmas time what our reaction would be and are we just going to be in awe and an excitement and in pure joy and and anyway it was a great it was a great kind of um kind of i don't know just a, a thought about um a, a physical representation of what's happening in the spiritual world at this right. time as well yeah I, I went sidetrack on that i think but go ahead mike <laughs> well th- those beams the the columns Mm-hmm. The, you know, those that ugly steel that was like rusty and then they finally painted it just a couple months ago yeah you know i was like why didn't you paint it way back when <laughs> you're staring at those ugly things for like you said a year and a half mm-hmm. i was actually deathly ill on sunday and so i wasn't wasn't there i, I you can probably hear my leftover cold here but so i can't wait to see it oh you have seen it no yeah okay. i have not seen it oh okay. you know but if it's as great as you say you know everyone in the valley should should come visit us yes. check it out so when we post this podcast the, i'll attach a picture to this podcast which we do every week there's usually a, a picture that kind of relates to what the the podcast was about but anyway i'm gonna i'll put a picture of of the stained glass as part of this podcast so if you uh tune in 
to either um, our SoundCloud site or our Facebook site, you'll, you'll see that. And, and, and just remember, you know, if you want to access this podcast, um, you can always go to www.idahocatholicpodcast.com or you can always just Google, uh, look on Facebook as well. We have an Idaho Catholic um, site on Facebook. Um, so let's jump in. What were some of the things about your wonderful talk that you gave, Ryan? Hmm. Well, um, first of all, I asked the question, what is Advent? And I think Mike has the best answer here. I do. He has a, mem- a memorized answer <clears throat> from yeah. the catechism. And he doesn't have the catechism I mean, in his hand. This is just coming right this off. This is amazing. Just like Tim that. Staples yeah. does on Catholic Answers. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Paragraph 524 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, I, I think it says something like this. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> and, and I quote. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of people are there, they get confused over what the difference is between Advent and Lent. Mm-hmm. They're both times yeah. of, of preparation you know, with purple vestments. And, um, and you don't sing the Gloria. You and right. You don't have as many flowers in front of the altar. Yeah. I think the, the catechism here in paragraph 20, uh, 524, I think, hits at the heart of what Advent is. Is about. So let me read this. It says, When the church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's first coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. By celebrating the precursor's birth and martyrdom, the church unites herself to his desire. He must increase, but I must decrease. So there's this, 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 you know, preparing your, your heart um, for the second coming, preparing yourself for the second coming. Uh, I think that's really the what separates Advent from from Lent is the expectation part of it is different. Mm-hmm. You're still well, expecting yeah. on both, anticipating, but it's the 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 uh, like the, the, the section there ends with "He must increase, but I must decrease," which is a quote from the Bible. Which, uh, John the Baptist said that, mm-hmm. and his his job was preparing the way for Jesus to come, and our job is to prepare the way. For Jesus to come, you know, make straight the paths, mm-hmm. fill in the valleys, mm-hmm. uh, tear down the mountains. Um, this is what John the Baptist said, and make it easy for the Lord to come into your life mm-hmm. and those around you. Right? You don't want to just yeah. make it a private thing, but uh, for all of the, everyone that you come in contact with. Yeah. As you're talking, oh, go ahead, John. Well, I was just going to say, back in the day, um, when the king would be coming to some place, there would be folks that would go out and actually you know make straight the path fill in all the potholes and stuff so that the king would have a a smooth ride into uh where he was going to visit so yeah it's um it's not only biblical it's historical too Mm -hmm. yeah and if i could tie that in with the stained glass that we were talking about nice um, (laughs) smooth and here i am riding my segue (laughs) so um, you mentioned the the rays of light emanating from behind the tabernacle. So one of the one of the famous verses that Isaiah, I believe, uses um, 
in prophecy of Jesus's coming is that um, he will be a light shining in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's uh, I think, important for us to sort of think about that. Like, we're, we aren't... Um, we aren't uh, dancing around in the light right now. We're, we're in the darkness, and and the king is coming to to light our way to to heaven, I guess, to happiness. What I think, was it last week, one of the re- readings, and it talked a little bit about, um, gosh, I don't remember, I should know, but I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about be prepared, don't be mm-hmm. caught carousing and in drunkenness, and yeah. and it, and it's almost like you know, open your eyes, clear your mind, start thinking about what's happening here, prepare yourself. Kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about. It's the new year. It's a new start for many of us. We're in anticipation of that Christ is coming, um, and then what are we going to be doing with our lives to prepare for this? What are some mm-hmm. of the changes we want to make in our lives? Um, you know, most of the time when people do the uh, secular New Year's resolutions, it has to do with losing weight. It's all this, you know, kind of personal improvement kind of stuff. But really, is it is it a kind of a spiritual improvement? And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about what, what, what I could do from a spiritual standpoint to, um, to grow closer to God. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and we decided that, we were going to gather at the end of the day, every day, and instead of praying our prayers separately, we were going to pray them together. So we're praying the Liturgy of the Hours together every night, and it's a lot easier just to do it on your own schedule, do it when you want to do it, do it how you want, how you want to do it. But but even doing it with my wife, it's something we share in together. It's um, I think anytime a husband and wife can pray together or a family can pray together, you're inviting grace not only into the room into the environment but into your lives together and you know we're we're two or three are gathered in his name he is present at the same time as well and i think um that's just something we're focusing on this year what about you guys have you thought all anything about a new year's resolution a catholic new year's resolution you know really to go in line with our new liturgical year and what do you want to do for your life to grow closer to christ or go grow closer to really the relationships in your life. I know I'm going on and on, and I'll stop in just a second, you guys. But I was also thinking about the relationships that we have on earth and how they really are the closest thing that we have to our relationship with God. How are we cultivating these relationships that we have here on earth? Relationships with our spouses, relationships with our children, and how are we trying to make those holy? Because I think as we cultivate those relationships, we get a glimpse of really the love, the forgiveness that God has for us as well. Okay, I'll stop. But um, <laughs> have you guys um, thought at all about what you want to do for this year in a New Year's resolution? Well, the way you just framed that, I think it made me think of uh, what I did with my family this past weekend. We went to Mass Saturday morning. Um, that's not something that's always available, but uh, that's the first time we had gone as a family to a Mass setting outside of the normal Saturday, or Saturday night or Sunday morning. Um, mass and and I really enjoyed it as a family. Something we had been doing was trading off, giving my wife an opportunity to go to mass by herself, so she could just kind of concentrate, and then she would give me the opportunity as well. Uh, we have two uh, rambunctious little kids at home. Uh, nothing compared to Mike's house, but uh, it's enough to throw us off. <laughs> no, and, Elliot and, uh, just takes the cake. There. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. 
And uh, so that's been nice to give each other that opportunity. But then going as a family, uh, it, uh, we enjoyed it way more than I, I really expected to. Um, probably just because it was different than, than going to Mass on Sunday morning. Um, and we got to share that experience. What we had been experiencing alone by ourselves. Well, not alone. We were with the other parishioners. But um, by, by ourselves, we got to bring it into a family light instead of just... Um, just me and God. It was me and my family and God. So it was, it was pretty awesome. I think that's something we'll look to continue now. Yeah. You know, I think I shared this once before being up on the altar. I have a great view of all of you guys out there and, and you know, I so just so you know, so the deacons and the priests, they see everything because we're not only in the front of the church, we're elevated in the church and we can really, you guys are always, and you're always, you're looking in our direction. So what you're so, saying is you're up there looking down on us. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but, um, but, but I, I, I do see how hard, um, these families, your guys, you guys are working with your kids to try to keep them attentive to, and I know most parents are worried about not being a distraction for other parents as well. And I, I often, you know, I, I just pray sometimes that, that you can really receive some of God's grace and that you can get something out of the mass because there's so many distractions going on. And I've been there. We've raised three kids. We, we know um, what that's like too. So gosh, Nick, as you're describing that, it sounds like you were able to really, um, really engage in the mass the kids must have behaved fairly well they did yeah they, they did really good that day yeah that's wonderful wonderful in contrast to the following sunday <laughs> no they were fine i'm just yeah, joking yeah i think parents are more critical of themselves than really um than other people are of you so yeah what about some of you other guys you thought much about what you want to do this year as a as a resolution it's too late I haven't done it yet. I, I give. I throw on the towel. <laughs> you know, every, every we don't even have the Advent wreath out yet. Oh. But what, as Father Mike would say, you know, well, and and going back to you know the the reading that you alluded to, um, Deacon Pat, that was that was. Um, I've got that off the top of my head. Also, that was uh, Luke twenty one. You guys are um, amazing. Uh, verse 34. Wow. 34. Wow. I thought it was 35. Those are great no, 30, memories here. 34, oh, it is. 36. Okay. Yeah. His iPhone right there says. <laughs> I don't have an iPhone. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's memory. Yeah, it's totally memory. Yeah, no, uh, but beware uh, that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. Yeah. I love how that says your hearts. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, it, um, for me... Um, you know the what you were mentioning about taking that time out to to pray with your wife, and um, you know I think we talked uh, earlier. We were talking about um, you know going too big to fail, um, or maybe I said that the wrong way. But you know trying to take on too much or sacrifice too much, and that it really puts you in a in a bad position. It's really easy to fail from that. So taking on, uh, you know, taking baby steps. And so, you know, trying to take on something a little bit smaller and manageable that, that we're able to do it with our kids and with the time that we have. Um, yeah, I always see that, um, and I think it goes hand in hand with some of the statistics that we've seen about, you know, engaged fathers in church, that if they're actively leading their families, there's there's such a good outcome from that with, you know, there's likelihood of children continuing on in the faith is so much higher versus you know other situations so 
really actively as as a man is uh you know trying to do those things in full view of my kids you know taking time to pray the rosary or reading scripture or whatever uh, where everybody else might be engaged in their phones or watching you know youtube or netflix and and dad's in there reading you know scripture or praying or something like that and so i i think i should take those types of things on you know, I was reflecting the other day, my, my, my father and my mother have passed away and they've been gone for a while now. And I was trying to reflect, you know, from a, from a perspective of a 54 year old man and, and what the holiday season really is all about and some of the memories. And it's those things that my parents had done, those traditions that they started that have just been ingrained in myself and my five brothers. And it really represents what these holidays are for us. And it's, it's really, so if you think about yourself as a young parent or a parent that has children, those things, those efforts that you put forward and those traditions that you do year in and year out, just become ingrained in your kids. And they, they live on perpetually because I was thinking my, my mom, my, my mom and dad are gone, but the things that they established with as a tradition becomes our tradition. And we pass those down to our kids and they'll pass them Mm -hmm. down. Um, to their kids and so um, so do you guys have some traditions that you do for Advent I'm not talking about Christmas yet because we're not even to that season we're in the Advent season right now is there some traditions that you guys have done over the years that maybe you'd like to share with our listeners Hmm. well for me uh, growing up we always did we always had an Advent wreath and uh, it was in the middle of the dining room table usually, so every night we would always argue over who got to light the advent wreath. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, do you ever start a fire? Did the fire ever start? Uh, yeah, I think one of my sisters <laughs> oh, caught it on fire because it was like made out of some, just like this one. It was made out of some fake evergreen. Apparently, it's you, flammable. I, you know, I had a friend it. with a boatload of kids, and they would they had the four traditional advent candles, but then they also had at least a dozen, probably like two dozen white candles just scattered around this the, the wreath. And, and so all their kids could like just have this free-for-all free for of lighting candles. Uh-huh. So we started doing that too where we have just a bunch of um, tea lights. And we just set those, scatter those all around the table and the kids can light them. You know, So that way not everyone... Because the same thing for, for the last few years, the kids just fight over... Who gets to light? And it's like, you want to eliminate fighting around things that are yeah. supposed to be yeah. these great memories and like and, and passing on the faith. That's, anyway, wisdom. that's a good idea. That, that's yeah. wisdom, I think. It really is. Yeah. And you know what? By sharing something like that, I bet you somebody's going to hear that and they're going to say, that's oh, what yeah. we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. That's very yeah. smart, actually, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so, okay. I've heard about something called the Jesse tree. I, I don't think we ever did it growing up. Does anybody know what that is and could explain that? Oh, or did, set up. Okay. Or did any of you guys oh. do that growing up? Oh, wow. Thanks for no. asking that question, Deacon Pat. I wasn't... <laughs> well, we yeah. play softball here. On <laughs> yeah. <the> Idaho <laughs> yeah. <Catholic> podcast. <laughs> yeah, growing up, um, we did the Jesse tree every Advent. So it's, it's um, kind of a Advent calendar type of... Uh, type of thing so it's usually a, a little mini tree of some sort with ornaments on it and there's an ornament for every day of advent 
and each ornament is some sort of a scriptural symbol that corresponds to a, a verse and uh, it's uh, it's basically a little mini trip through salvation history starts out with Adam and Eve and goes until the coming of the Messiah so uh, we we would gather around hang the ornament for the day and then take turns reading the the relevant scriptural passage and have a little mini yeah just have a little meditation on on uh, salvation history every day so how did the kids like that um i think we all liked it yeah we all and we were all active because you know involved in it i guess because we would take turns reading the short passage of verses yeah i, I think we, we it's just something a couple years back yeah. it's we got it down at the christian bookstore and the, it, we, 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 I wanted to find something that was very liturgical looking and, and beautiful with nice Christian art. But all they had was this crummy cartoon thing. It was like <laughs> these cartoon pictures of like bears and, and, and rabbits and, and, you know, on this, this calendar thing. And it, but it has, it has a book, like a little two inch by two inch book, mini, miniature book with salvation history like through that and and when we, we we busted it open this is like three maybe four years ago and you know we're going through it and you know, the first one is about adam and eve and the creation and you know i'm like okay this this thing is kind of cheesy looking and all, all whatnot and and that night though my, my son ephraim he he you know during nighttime prayers and he's like and god thank you for making the world and I'm like, oh, he's you know he's praying scripture. He's mm-hmm. and what, what what better thing is is that is there is there than that to hear your your child praying the scripture? So I was like, ah, we'll keep it. Yeah, very cool, very cool. John, we haven't heard from you, have we? Well, I'm a convert, and so we didn't have the uh, the Advent wreath or a Jesse tree. Did you have any traditions <clears throat> for Christmas at all, or was it more secular kind of stuff? More secular, yeah. Oh, okay. So we were upside down and backwards as far as as Christmas goes. I mean, it's uh, you know the twelve days of Christmas leading up to Christmas, you know, yeah. <laughs> which mm-hmm. you know later on I come to find out, no, that's the starting with Christmas, the twelve days following Christmas, you know, and so yeah, it's just from a secular perspective, everything gets absolutely up down, upside down and backwards. Um, coming into the church, you know, realizing that. That this time of Advent, Advent was actually uh, considered like a, a mini Lent, a time of preparation, and uh, you know just reflecting that it, it's very much like um, you know expecting a, a child coming into the world, um, you know preparing for that, especially in the last say like last four weeks of of a child coming into the world that it's not all hanging up lights and you know parties and stuff. It's you know your schedule's getting all messed up everything's absolutely out of whack you're doing all of this prep stuff um and you don't know when it's coming <laughs> you know and yeah. so so yeah i mean everything is just topsy turvy as far as uh you know all of the concerns that you have as a parent that uh, especially as a first time parent so i'm you know reflecting back on that and then thinking of uh, you know uh joseph and, and mary expecting this child coming coming into the world 
especially under their, the circumstances that they were, were having to deal with. But anyway, it's definitely not a, a fun time. It's, it's a time of, of suffering and, and, uh, and fright and unease and just completely in contrast of what, what the, the secular world would, would think of Christmas time. You know, the, what, that we've been celebrating Christmas for the last two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, getting early and earlier yeah. all the time, isn't and it? It's yeah. definitely not, uh, yeah, it's not a fun time. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a time of preparation, of reflection, of, uh, of yeah, definitely living in, you know, we're, um, uh, Ryan, you were People mentioning, of of, yeah, we're living in the dark and, and we're awaiting a Messiah to save us and how is this going to happen? And, you know, so... Yeah, just completely different, completely alien. Wow, wow. Yeah, my wife and I are going, I I guess for me, Advent kind of takes on a new meaning like you were talking, since we're we're expecting our first child, and yeah, we don't know what to expect. We just know it's going to change our lives dramatically forever, and and right now we're doing, we're doing things to, um, um, prepare if you ask my wife prepare a worthy <laughs> place for our child to live in our home <laughs> it's <laughs> called be, nesting has to, has to paint, you know the paint has to be the right color and yeah. stuff like that and so and i hate painting so yeah, <laughs> right now worst. we've yeah. we've tested out it's, like three, you've tested out three or four different color like we've gotten samples and painted a little I'll spot see. on the wall like papa won't be having colors. that I, I, <laughs> yeah painting is like <laughs> Uh, this must be the one thing that we share in common. Our <laughs> hate painting. Our, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our shared hating of, of painting. The painting part isn't that bad when it comes when you compare it to like the cleaning up afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's cleaning, any part of painting. The brushes. Yeah, it's buying yeah. it. It's opening the can. <clears throat> I just can't stand any of it. Wow, what a great discussion tonight, you guys. I'd like to thank you. Um, everyone at the table here, Ryan, John, Mike, and Nick, for a great conversation tonight. And what a great discussion about Advent, what it is, what it is not, and maybe some ways that we could embrace this season and make this probably one of the most enjoyable Advents of our lives. Well, I'd like to say goodnight to all of you, especially from um, western, beautiful Idaho. And I hope you have a wonderful evening, a wonderful Advent, and start preparing for the coming of the Lord. God bless you, and good night.